Good morning, Miss Peterson. I'm sorry to disturb you so early. The court has ruled that you require assistance in taking care of yourself. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm afraid it's not up to you to decide. The court has appointed me to be your legal guardian. What? You have to come with me. And remember. Hey everybody, welcome back to now. the Lugged Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the much anticipated Netflix comedy drama at hour 58 minutes. 6.2 out of 10 IMDb, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Kind of polarizing it is. I care a lot. Directed by Jay Blakeson and starring Roseman Pike from uh, Gone Girl and uh, Isa Gonzalez and Pinka, uh, Pinka, Peter Dinklage. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up about this movie. This movie pissed a lot of people off and depending on how serious you took the movie, it really was kind of problematic when it came down to it. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis, non-spoiler, real quick. A shady legal guardian lands in hot water when she tries to bilk a woman who has ties to a powerful gangster. Essentially, this is uh, a crime spree shown from the perspective of a terrible asshole. So Rosamund Pike plays somebody that is like a grifter. She's going around stealing and, and jipping people, specifically people that are of older age. She's jipping seniors. So just imagine Rosamund Pike... Uh, a uh, young woman of maybe 30, 40. I'm not exactly sure how old she is. But imagine her just going up to an older uh, senior citizen and just ripping them out of their car. Because that's essentially what she does. But instead of ripping them out of the car, she manipulates them into giving them all of their stuff. Just imagine an older person being manipulated into giving all of their stuff to Rosamund Pike, this individual. And so this movie is almost like the John Wick of the grifters of these people that are jipping and grifting these senior citizens, these people that are undeserving of what's happening. So this movie is almost trying to take the perspective of saying like, Let's do the heist, but let's look at it from their perspective. And it's, uh, you know, most people enjoy the heist. Most people enjoy the Ocean's Eleven thrill of going through all of this. Um, it's not fun to watch when it's done to innocent older folks. It's not fun when the people that are getting grifted are innocent and they are, uh, you know, in this predicament. And so um, this movie is ultimately a psychological uh thriller slash comedy drama that is basically about the corporate overlords that are overseeing the corporate system that happens to do with uh, senior citizens as well as the medical care, a lot of health care uh, overlord type speak and talk. 
I just got to say, this movie was ridiculous to watch from many perspectives. It was upsetting in some, and then in other areas, it was just unbelievable. Overall, I gave this movie about a 6 out of 10. I definitely leaned with the people that did not like the movie as much, although I did see some creative value in it. I did see some movie-making um, magic behind the scenes that I thought was okay. The casting was pretty good. I'd say it's the overall concept of the movie that really brought me down and I just was not happy with the overarching um, message of it because ultimately felt like we were rooting for not even an antagonist just a horrible fucking human being I was like I don't understand how people can really get into this so I care a lot on uh, Wikipedia 2020 American black comedy thriller film written and directed by Jake Blakeson um Sorry, Jay Blakeson, not Jake. Uh, the uh, his first uh, feature film was the disappearance of Alice Creed, and I'm seeing if there's anything else that I'm familiar with. Uh, the Descent Part Two. Um, let me see. He, sorry, he was just writer on that. Um, the Fifth Wave, uh, 2016, and then I Care a Lot in 2020. Okay, so um, yeah, not known for doing too much of this, uh, too much of uh, filmography behind it. Uh, but anyways, so the film follows a court-appointed guardian who seizes the uh, assets of elderly people for her own, only for her to get mixed up with a dangerous gangster. So um, yeah, with music by Mark Canham, cinematography Doug Emmett, and I do like the cinematography. I think the editing, cinematography, a lot of the technical stuff about this movie is very good. I don't, I'm not going to put that down. I do want to say that it did feel problematic in the way that it was, uh, it was, uh, it was given. I just felt like that we were supposed to sympathize with this person. Alrighty, so um. Yeah, the pros, basically all the technicals of this movie are really well done. I think uh, technically it's 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 all paced well, I'd say directed well, acted. You know, I, I like how it's acted. I like the production. I like all of the uh, technical aspects of this film. The Where I really have the problem is when it comes down to the story and a little bit of the writing contrivances, a couple things like that. But anyways, let's kind of get into this from a spoiler perspective. So everybody in the spoiler section now, um, anybody that is uh, interested in the spoiler section, it can go to patreon.com slash podcast, and this is where we discuss the spoilers of the entire movie. So thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast. Spoilers coming up. Be sure to rate, share, subscribe, follow YouTube. Subscribe on um, all the platforms. Follow. Do the five stars. Do what you can to support. Thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast. Here is the plot in the spoiler section and the Patreon section as well. Thank you. Here we go. Marla Grayson is a Massachusetts scammer who lives, sorry, who makes a living by convincing the legal system to grant her guardianship over elders. She pretends cannot take care of themselves. Many parts of this movie are very, uh, you know, extraneous and like what ifs in a, in a way that feels like, all right, you need a judge to be on your side. You need a doctor to be on your side. You need people that are within this, the hospital and healthcare system to be on your side so that you can really pull this grift off. This cannot be done alone, which is weird because the judge in this, in my opinion, what the fuck? This is the worst fucking judge I've ever seen. He literally has 
no the the legalities of this movie are almost non-existent and so that's where it kind of feels like it's the extraneous like yeah um this probably would never happen <laughs> but it, i mean it feels like if it could happen if they were showing that these people were involved as well it's it, it's a little bit different um so Rosamund Pike places them places elderly people in an assisted living facility where they are sedated and lose contact with the outside world. She's literally kidnapping these people from a legal standpoint and then drugging them. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, so let me see. Um, she then sells off their homes and assets, pockets the proceeds, and then sorry. Rosamund Pike sells off the homes and assets of these elderly people and then pockets the proceeds. What the fuck? She's stealing and robbing and then kidnapping these people and putting them in an old home. It's ridiculous. This, it's it's almost too uh, abrupt of a storyline to even think of from that way. It's like, could this ever happen? I really fucking hope not. I mean, this feels like the most anti-nursing living home system, healthcare system that you could think of. I haven't even seen anything that's been this remotely bad. Uh, so what else do we have? Uh, she and the court deny a man, Mr. Feldstorm, access to his mother after he attempts to force his way in into the assisted living facility. This is also the first scene that's happening in it. We kind of see like how difficult it is to get into this assisted facility center. You think that, uh, you think assisted living facility center, you'd think that this was a fucking jail if it was anything. He later threatens her outside the course saying that he hopes she's murdered. Dr. Karen Amos informs Marla about a wealthy retiree they can exploit. So it seems that the fucking, this doctor is in on it too. So when something happens to her a little bit later, you don't exactly feel that bad. Jennifer Peterson. A judge appoints Marla Guardian after uh, after she and Dr. Amos falsely testify that Jennifer suffers from dementia and confusion without even having her in the fucking vicinity. Like, not, not even her real doctor there. I feel like you have to have the person's legitimate doctor to say this, but I'm, I'm no, I don't know if this was... Legit. Marlon moves Jennifer into assisted living and immediately gets to work selling Jennifer's furniture, car, and home. Okay, so this is when the grift is going on and everything's like, this is the grift. This is how we do it. This is how we're going to steal the car and this is how we're going to, uh, you know, sell the house. It's like the, normally during these types of grifts, I think of like 60 seconds or less. It's like it's exciting to be in the driver's seat with these uh, grifters that are doing that are making doing the heist. This is despicable. I feel like it is completely ridiculous what's happening in this movie. Even by this point, this is when we were really understanding that this is how the, the system works of her taking Marla out of the house and then essentially just stealing all of her stuff, all of her belongings, and exploiting her for all she's worth. And so when something bad happens to the main character, it's like, I don't feel bad at all. Zero sympathy. And so... 
Um, so she starts immediately selling all of her goods. While rooting through Jennifer's possessions, Marla discovers the key to a safe deposit box containing a watch, gold bars, and banknotes and hidden diamonds, which she takes and stashes away. There is no way that you would be able to get this with just a single key, just asking a bank if this fits your safety deposit box without any information, not having any of that. I understand that she's supposed to be the guardian and all that, but that's just ridiculous. There is no way that... The, the contrivances in this are just ridiculous, and this is another example. So um, what else do we have? Uh, as Marla's girlfriend and business partner, Fran, helps renovate the house, a man drives a cab arriving and claims that he is uh, – sorry, a man driving a cab arrives and claims that he is there to pick up Jennifer. Fran informs that him – sorry, Fran informs him that Jennifer has moved – he returns to his employer, Roman Lyonoff. Lyonoff. I don't know. Lyonofsky. I don't know. Uh, greatly distressed, who threatens him with a gun. Roman, as Peter Dinklage, sorry, played by Peter Dinklage, is pretty baller as a little, as like a, like a gangster and stuff like that. And I think the little things that he's doing, like the little, uh, things that he's eating like these little sweets there's this whole like proclivity of food and things that are around him I also got to say i love the color grading of this movie as many things as i disliked about the movie i do think the color grading is is excellent um so um so yeah he's greatly distressed rome a uh, roman a crime lord is jennifer's son he orders his underlying Alexi to investigate his mother's living situation. Mafia lawyer Dean Erickson offers to pay Marla 150000 in cash to release Jennifer, but she refuses. He threatens Marla and takes her to court. The judge dismisses the case as he cannot pr prove Jennifer hired him. So, once again, the judge is coming through as one of the worst, as one of the worst judges, and apparently the only judge in, like, the county or whatever. Um, and I loved this uh, Dean Erickson um, individual. I forgot who this actor is, to be honest, but uh, he is superb in, um, what was it, Sharp Objects? Is he in Sharp Objects? Is that, I want to say that's what it was. Hold on. Uh, give me two seconds. Give me seconds. Chris Mancina. Chris Mancina as uh, Dean Erickson was so good in this. He just comes on for a few minutes and he's more or less a cameo, if anything. And I felt like he just understands the character. I think he understands the movie. He kind of plays slimy in a way that the lighting is kind of portrayed off of him with just how much of a, a thug he might actually be. And I, I love how the camera slowly is enhancing, uh, you know, closer. Every cut that is going between him and Marla is slightly closer and closer. And I just love the way that it's shot. So not to say that this movie didn't uh, have some sort of value. I do think there is definitely directorial value in this movie. But when it comes down to the plot conveniences of the judge dismissing the case because he can't prove all this shit, we can't even prove that what's going on with uh, Peterson anyway, Miss Peters, uh, Jennifer Peterson anyway. Fran discovers Jennifer Peterson is an identity stolen from a girl who died of polio. 
When Jennifer refuses to tell Marla her real identity, Marla teams up with the property manager, Sam Rice. Having many of Jennifer's basic needs withdrawn, um, yeah, and this is when elder abuse is starting to happen in this movie, and it just is absolutely infuriating when it comes down to this. It's one thing to just like uh, to take everything from somebody and to kind of, and we're still for some reason rooting. I guess the movie thinks we're going to be rooting for this person. It's like this little old lady is not shown to be a threat in a way that you're putting all this terrible things to to her. Um, so. The, not only is the property manager, Sam Rice, a fucking asshole, we have Rosalind Pike as an asshole. Um, Peter Dinklage has found at, at some point that he has, like, girls that he's, like, um, bringing in from overseas. So we find out he's an ass, a human trafficker asshole. Like, come the fuck on. Is there nobody in this fucking movie that has a, uh, you got any decency in them? I don't think so. Roman, finding his mother's safety deposit box uh, rifled. Uh, sends three hugs to Jennifer's facility to take her. Sorry, three hugs. Three thugs to... <laughs> three hugs. She's just going to go send some hugs to get his bomb released from the facility. It's okay. No, he sends three thugs to Jennifer's facility to take her. This violent effort fails, and Marla helps police apprehend one of the men. This entire effort is like... It almost feels like from a different movie. Several parts of this movie feel like it's from an extreme like thriller, and then other parts feel like it's from like a sloppy black comedy. And they're trying to kind of put them together in a way that feel natural. It's just like when you start introducing Roman, uh, sorry, Roman uh, Russian thugs into the mix, it's just like things just kind of jump the shark a little bit and just aren't necessarily as realistic as they were originally. Because originally I felt like this was trying to be somewhat more of realistic than not. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, and, and then of course the police come and get involved. Friends police contact informs them that Alexi is the sibling of two other mafia bosses who supposedly died in a fire. Having failed to rescue his mother, Roman has Dr. Amos killed at her office. Finally, justice, I guess. I don't know. This is a terrible person. And so we don't really feel that bad when this happens to him, to her. Um, after hearing the news, Marla and Fran move into one of the unsold properties belonging to one of Marla's previous victims. At the facility, Marla deliberately mocks and insults Jennifer, telling her that she will die alone in a few years. It's just like, Jesus, you're just making this person... So despicable. Marla is the the epitome of absolutely terrible. Okay, so um, let me see after at the facility. Marla delivers mocks. Jennifer is provoked after that and attacks Marla. I feel like this was all so that she would attack her and so that it just played into Marla's hands. Marla distorts the situation in accord to convince Judge Lomax to move her to a psychiatric facility. It's all basically a coup. It's a plan. Um, Marla is kidnapped while Fran is attacked in their home. This in, this scene, it's like, all right, nah, I don't really feel that bad for these people, even though if we did feel bad, this is the time they would have them be like, oh my gosh, this is some real shit. But it's like, hey, the roosters came home to nest and you were fucking up. Um, Marla is brought before Roman Lyonoff, uh, 
where she asked for $10 million for Jennifer's release. First of all, she doesn't have the leverage, and she has no sense of, like, feeling like she's scared at all. She's not scared even a little bit. I feel like this is when you need to have the character say, all right, I need to spill the beans. I need to give her the, give him the diamonds. I need to give all of the shit. Roman is impressed by her audacity, but refuses her request. He has, his associates knock her out with chloroform and send her in her car into a lake. I believe they also shoot her up with some like, alcohol in her nose and to make it look like she was uh, drinking and driving to fly off the bridge. And, I don't know why he needed it to make it look natural or something like that. I mean, he's a fucking Russian mobster. Um, she escapes and returns home to find Fran unconscious. Uh, this entire ordeal of her, like, uh, going down, you know, the bridge and everything, about to fucking die in the river. Um, why didn't the Russian people just, like, make sure she drowned? I mean, that, that was easy enough to do. And so it was an exciting scene, yes, from thriller action standpoint technicals yes totally was was it uh realistic from like a gangster thug plot i don't think so like um they would just be waiting to throw her right back in the lake um so she escapes returns home to find fran unconscious and badly bruised as gas fills the house okay i don't i don't remember gas filling the house huh um but yeah uh, Fran obviously needed to get the hell out of there, but, you know, she got her ass beat by those guys. I mean, it was definitely not fair, and it was hard to watch, but I also didn't care about this person, so it was, made it, you know, not too too bad. Um, they nearly escape an explosion and flee to another unsold property where Marla shows Fran diamonds. She is hidden there. She offers Fran a choice. They can use the diamonds to leave right away and start a new life elsewhere, or they can get revenge. And at this point, I don't think anybody would be thinking about revenge. I mean, they nearly just killed them, and it's not like they just came out and, you know, took out all the guys. It's like they nearly escaped with barely a little bit of their life left. Why the hell would you chance this? Um... They track down Roman through his license plate and kidnap him. There's when the hell did Marla ever see his license? I, I don't ever recall that, um, unless it was when their thugs were trying to break him out, uh, break his mom out. Um, they drug him, steal his car, take him into the wilderness, and leave him nude on a trail. There's no way Marla would take all these guys, thugs, out. It's the worst Russian mafia I've ever seen. So they take him out there and for some reason just strip him naked, leave him there. Like, that's going to do anything. Um, and then Roman is discovered by a, a jogger. Unable to establish his identity, a judge designates him a John Doe and and appoints Marla as his legal guardian, which would not fucking happen. It's when it comes as a movie. This was what was making me so mad. Just like this fucking judge just appoints Marla to do whatever the fuck she wants. And you got to have this judge as a character that's in on it, but it's not established. It's not established that he's in it on it all. He's not on the pay up. It doesn't show that he's on the up and up on it. So I don't know. Um... Marla visits Roman and offers to release him and Jennifer for her guardianship for $10 million. Like, fuck you and your $10 million, Marla. Um, instead, Roman offers her a partnership in a global business based on her scam. This is when it just gets goddamn ridiculous. It's like, I, I was thinking about them possibly saying, you know what? I don't want your offer, but I want you as my business partner. It's like, God! 
God. It's like, damn, has no one learned anything? And I just, they, they want us to think it's like, hey, why don't we just combine forces? You know, this is, it's the total, uh, it, it's it's the Fast and Furious type stuff, you know? Um, the first one, if you know what I mean. It's like, hey, how about we, instead of you catching me, how about we just combine forces? How about we be family? It's like, God! You know, that's just, this is the dumbest shit I've seen in a long time. Uh, so, and of course, they're doing it off of, his global business. She accepts and using his money and connections quickly becomes a powerful, extremely wealthy CEO all in like one line. <laughs> I mean, it literally happens that quickly. She smash cut and all of a sudden she's just like, she's got her voiceover. She's like, you know, who do you want to be? Maybe you should just have this little precarious voiceover and just maybe I'll just sit down and talk to you condescendingly. Cause honestly, I don't understand what the fuck the voiceover is for. This was what was making me mad. People, you put the voiceover in on these crime movies where you want to like, you want to be in the passenger seat of the crime kind of thing, and you want to see how it's done, you know, almost like a how it's done. It's like you don't want to do that when the person is an asshole and they don't have anything of substance to say. There's no way that Marla had anything to say, you know, like what the fuck have you done late recently, kind of thing. So Roman is reunited with Jennifer, his mother, while Marla marries Fran. While leaving a TV interview about her success, Marla is shot by Mr. Feldstrom, who tearfully reports that his mother died alone in the assisted living facility because no one would let her see her, let him see her. Um, as Fran cries out for help and Mr. Feldstrom is arrested, Marla dies in her arms. And it's the only time I was like a hoorah in the entire movie because I thought this was absolutely an abhorrent <laughs> concept of a movie. And it easily could make you mad. I don't understand why it has 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think 80% of people would say it's an okay movie, but would you ever recommend it or would you um, would you really give it that much time a day? I've watched it twice, to be honest, because I wanted to make sure that it was really this big of a piece. And from technicals, it's not a bad movie. I think it looks phenomenal. The writing is not all terrible either when it comes down to it it's just the concept of like thinking about jipping uh senior citizens it's just not fun to watch so yeah sorry sorry it was this was a more of a tangent more than a podcast you know i tried to do some of the pros some of the cons some of the things i changed but overall i i wouldn't even produce this movie if this was under my watch but yeah thank y'all for listening watching look at all podcast do what you can to do to support you can get this podcast early on patreon you know patreon.com slash look at all podcast all the patreon members probably already listen to this anyway thank you for supporting um five stars on itunes subscribe on youtube Watch it live on Twitch. You already know what to do. SoundCloud for this uh, master podcast. And yes, thank you for watching, listening, Luckdale podcast. Let me know what you thought about the movie, podcast, review. Take it easy. I am a fucking lioness.